Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to episode 7 of Pushing the Limit podcast. Today's guest is professional motocross racer, Jake Nichols. Mum and dad used to try and make me get on the rowing machine and be like, no, <laughs> no man. No way. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do you know how many bones you've actually broken? Yeah, like, 43. 43. I was professional at 15. On no, Wednesday, and you're like, I, I haven't want... got any skin on my ass. Yeah, yeah. So this man's fighting for the world championship, yeah. and he slept on the floor of this room. There's no curtains in this room. It's I want to race a world championship, and I want to be a world champion. Do you know what I mean? So you know, I lived in a foyer of a garage for three years in Belgium, and any other club race is not taking you. If you want to go, find your way there, sort of thing. And he, all the time, he's like, look, you're not going to, you're never going to be any good at it. Like, just you know what I mean? And and the turn's blown out. It's through the fence over there. So you've got to like turn off of a bit of a crumb of dirt like that big. I was 21 angry and was like why are they quicker than me on the practice day and I hated it see ya see ya yeah. do you know what I mean you over that bird yeah, mate yeah my heart rate's like <laughs> da, 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 like that when I come around I like just absolutely Done sent it, it. Boom, boom. Boom. Danny Bucket. Bucket. what a ride <laughs> it is and it is on welcome to episode 7 of Pushing the Limit podcast with me, Danny Buckham. Today's guest is no stranger to the tarmac, although he has had a very successful career, I'd say, in motocross, professional motocross racer, Jake Nichols. Welcome, mate, to, uh, yeah, obviously, thanks for coming to London and um, giving me the opportunity to have you a got, chat. You got the Suffolk boy out of Suffolk, mate. So, done well. <laughs> I was like Mick Dundee walking down <laughs> <around> the streets. <laughs> <laughs> we literally said that, didn't we, on the message? I was like, get in London, boy. And he was like, yeah. I literally come here once a week, mate. That is, I, like, once a week for me is like the limit of London because I'm, I'm like, well, obviously Essex, but... Yeah, I've got sweaty palms even just being here. Yeah, I, I thought you can have some yeah. like some snake snake skin <laughs> boots on, don't know. but uh, but no, mate. Honestly, thanks for coming in. Um, yeah, so let's let's uh, we'll, mate. We'll start at the beginning, and obviously, yeah. You obviously we we know you like tarmac, but we'll yeah. talk about your your motocross career, where it started, and yeah, like why why motocross? What's Nil, um, all days with you? I know mate, it was in yeah like 97, 98. Mate, it hasn't changed. Well, it has changed a little bit then, but it is literally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why like why was it motocross for you? Just to be close to your dad or like Yeah, my dad raced quads um for years and he went about a fair bit in Europe and that doing it when um quad racing was quite new and sort of a bit of a thing. And um 
I hated quads, yeah. um, to be honest. So <laughs> the idea was, um, yeah, I just was desperate to get a two-wheeler. And um, yeah, he finally bought me one when I was about four. And then just had a go and yeah, loved it, to be fair. Just obsessed like most of us probably end up being. And um, started racing when I was six and never looked back, to be fair. Just um, still feel the same now about it as I did then. Probably had a lot, well, I've had a lot of injuries on the way. So it's probably helped keep the fire alive. Mm. You know, you see sometimes people race throughout their career and then get to like 16 and 17 and they're over it because they've just had no stops. That so. was me at motocross. Yeah. <laughs> Broken into a million bits. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, still doing it, still loving it. And um, like you said, I have a dabble on the tarmac nowadays a little bit, but yeah. not very good at it. No, we'll talk about that. But what um, <laughs> what bike would you have ridden when you first, I started on like a Husqvarna 50 little yeah. Like literally twist and go and add the pre, remember the pre 65 autos? Yeah. yeah Was yeah. you in that? Yeah. So I, I started on a QR 50, yeah. um, little Honda thing when I was yeah four or something. And then, um, went on to Lems. Lem yeah, 50s. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I ended up having about seven in one year because they were yeah. that shit <laughs> and it just broke the whole time. Just pulling new ones out yeah, the back of the van every time. Get rid of that one, yeah. another one because they were that bad. And then, um, and then, yeah, when I was like five and a half, my dad bought a 60, cc kawasaki and then put an automatic or like slipper clutch yeah. in it or whatever and then yeah race that and um yeah i started i was winning pretty quickly on it because i think i was quite a big kid so that helped and um yeah away we went really it was like a roller coaster from there just flat out loving it and mum and dad were loving it at that point <laughs> mate the schoolboy motocross is so intense in it like oh. literally like if you could find a race you'd like you could race every weekend yeah. pretty much yeah every like day off in the week did you have a track at home then no so i had a little we had like a little garden where i i used to have like a, a little xr80 honda four stroke thing yeah. that was well uh real quiet and used to um dick about in the garden on that but yeah it was every week looking at tmx for a <laughs> for a race to go to and yeah it's like you say schoolboy motocross is intense i don't I don't really miss it, to be fair. Yeah. Because like, I just, I guess when I got to a certain age, I just put so much pressure on myself. And now I enjoy racing way more. And even in the last 10 years, way more than Schoolboy, even though it was my job. Mate, Schoolboy, I literally just remember like, every, like if there was a Thursday off school, Mildenall. If there was a Tuesday off school, yeah. Mildenall. If, if there was a national, Mildenall, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. It yeah. was like, when, and then when we went to the short circuit, like the tarmac, it was like, what, I've got two weeks off. What are we going to do? Like, how are we going to ride? And yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if people who are listening know about schoolboy motocross, but the intensity, but you have to be riding that much to be, yeah. A, physically fit. Did you, would you have trained? I, I didn't train no. at all back then. So Just I was rode. a fat kid. So, yeah. <laughs> so from like five to six, I was like a proper chubby kid. And, um, and, Dad, mum and dad used to try and make me get on a row machine. I'd be like, nah, <laughs> no, man. no way. Like, yeah. just hated it. Hated P at school. Like, hated school. Hated everything apart from riding a bike, pretty much. Um, and um, but at that age, really, it's just about riding and racing, isn't it? Um, but yeah, like you said, it's intense. You know, like nowadays they ride so much. And even back then, like you said, if you had a if you had a chance to go, you'd be you'd be practicing in the week. Um, I went to. Um, uh, private school so they were like really gnarly on not having days off and we used to have to do saturday morning sometimes as oh, well so yeah so um yeah we used to struggle a bit with that to be honest to get out um and every opportunity i was yeah i was begging trying to get out but um yes yeah, nowadays i don't know how they do it it's just full on because that's like obviously like you if you look now at your career back you've had a long career in motocross haven't you yeah and it's hard isn't it like it's physical on the body like it, yeah we yeah. were just talking earlier outside yeah. of the podcast room about how, yeah, how I'm physically abused. <laughs> yeah. And it is like that, isn't it? Like the intensity yeah. of like, 
obviously your joints, like obviously the injuries you have, it's like minimum of one or two broken bones a year pretty much, isn't it? How yeah. many, do you know how many bones you've actually broken? Yeah, like, 43. 43? Mm. Oh, mate, I'm 28 and I yeah. thought... 43 yeah. bones. Oh, yeah, it's bad. It's not something I'm proud of. No, no. Are you feeling it now? You're getting a bit older. To be honest, I'm all right because I've done, like you probably have done, like gone through recovery processes mm. with them. Um, I dislocated my hip um, oh. in 2017 and I know about that because it like tore like the fat off the, my oh. hip as well. So it's like, if you imagine like your love handle, like my my like love handle, that bit of fat, <laughs> yeah. like twisted around yeah. a bit. Oh. So it's like in the wrong place. So... I suffer from that a bit and then I smashed my elbow to pieces years ago and it's like stuck in a bit of a position. So, But otherwise, considering all of the injuries I've had, like I'm pretty good. But like you said, it's 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 tough. You know, um, I was professional at 15 and, um, and yeah, it's, you know, if you have a year where you don't have an injury, you're buzzing, um, but you need that to really to have a good year. Yeah. Like you can't afford to have injuries either. So... It's um it's tough. I mean, I, I wouldn't take anything back because it's built a character that I am now. Um, you know, resilient to a lot of things, um, which you have to be, as you know, being a professional racer, um, particularly in motocross, because there's not really um you know, people are practicing three days a week in between a Grand Prix where you mm. race on a Saturday and a Sunday. So, you you know, you there's no real let up and and like you said, you know, the, to ride a motocross bike compared to racing a, a, a road bike, um in the difference a lot of the time is just the actual physical um Savage. brutality on your body isn't it you know Savage. um i broke my shoulder blade la uh, last year and i had a track day booked like five weeks after on a road bike and i was like if i can get in my levers i'm doing it yeah. and i did it yeah, and it was easy. like and don't get me wrong i'm wobbling around you know slow but i can do it yeah. do you know what i mean um if i was trying to go your pace i'm sure i wouldn't be able to do it but even just to wobble around on a motocross bike, you can't do that, can you? With no. a broken shoulder blade, it's, it's, Worse. it's like, yeah, it's, so yeah, it's, um, it's a, it's been a bit of a, yeah, bit of a but, roller coaster. And for those people that don't know who are listening, who maybe only follow like the superbikes, like you can have like, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx myself here, but let's say you could have four years, five years without having a serious injury. Sometimes yeah. you can have sort of an injury a year, but those sort of numbers are, are sort of very, like one or two, if you had three injuries in a year, it'd be quite unlucky in, the, mm. in our in our game, you know. But like motocross, it's so common. Like, because yeah. obviously, like if we talked about in your professional career, like what would a Monday to Sunday week look like for you? Like, how many times would you train? How many times would you be on the bike? Like, you'd yeah. So Mondays, you'd typically fly home early in the morning from a Grand Prix. Well, you've battered just what two? How many the two thirty five minute motors on a Sunday? Yeah, but you so you do on a Saturday on a typical Grand Prix, you practice at nine o'clock in the morning for like um, thirty minutes. Um, and that's like free practice, but it's timed as well. Yeah. So even though it's free, like, you know, it's always a battle to so be at the top of the yeah. leaderboard. And then you'd have a 30-minute pre-qualifying. So it's basically a qualifying session for your gate pick for a qualifying race. Yeah. <laughs> so then you race for 30 minutes in the Saturday afternoon <laughs> for your gate pick for Sunday. So, But that's basically a Grand Prix. It's obviously yeah. a Grand Prix in itself. And then Sunday morning, you have 25 minutes practice just to like warm up and shake yourself down and then two 35-minute motos. So when I first did Grand Prix, they were 35 minutes plus two laps. That is sick, so it was, isn't it? They were 40 minutes and then they dropped the five, so it went to 30 plus two. Um, but, you know, they were always like typical motocross tracks in the middle of nowhere. So it was normally like a two or three-hour drive to an airport. So normally it's uh, fly back on a Monday morning and then we always had to do an hour and a half like um, steady cycle when we got home on the on the Monday afternoon. 
And then normally it was like a 45 an hour run on Tuesday morning and either yoga or it depends on how the weekend was ride Tuesday afternoon again, ride Wednesday. Um, often it'd be recover like, so nothing on Thursday and then a 40 minute run on Friday when you get to the track and then race again Saturday, <sighs> Sunday. So yeah, it was pretty intense and like, you know, all the way through, I obviously I didn't have a job because I was living in, I had to live in Belgium at that yeah. point to be in the center of like all the countries, if you like. And the team was in Belgium and they were like really strict on you living there. Yeah. Um, but there's, um, you know, you don't have time to do anything else. Like literally, um, you know, your people say, oh, how long did you not have a job for? It's like, look at that schedule. How can you have a you job? You can't do nothing. Yeah. You have to sleep in between that stuff because you can't. Or just lay on the sofa, yeah, resting your legs, literally. or even like just trying to recover yourself. Yeah, and just getting over like the bangs and bruises of of a weekend where you haven't crashed. Like you, you know, there's always something in there. So, mate, even like banging your, even like even the rub of like your knee braces, even yeah, like yeah, yeah. twisting your foot in a rut yeah. like during a moto, which you don't feel. As yeah. a moto, like you don't feel that, but no. that takes its toll on the body. Yeah, like, there's you're so like many like, conditioned to it, don't yeah. you? Over time, but yeah, and and like the hot countries, like. If it's sandy, it sounds stupid, but you take the skin off your ass cheeks, so you get monkey butt, and then they want you to ride on a Tuesday afternoon or a no, Wednesday, and you're like, I, I haven't want... got any skin on my ass cheeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to ride. Yeah, stand <laughs> up, mate. Stand yeah, up. Thirty-five yeah. minute motor. Stand up. Yeah. So that was, and and a, a lot of the time, I also did British Championships, so it'd be like two or three weekends of Grand Prix in a row, and then back to England for a weekend of a British Championship. Um, so there was a bit of that. And then they introduced like midway through my career, a lot of flyaway races where we'd go to like Indonesia or, or Mexico or whatever. But unfortunately the way the Grand Prix were, they had a contract with a travel um, agent like firm or whatever. And so we had to go on the flights that they gave us, but they were always like fly from Belgium to Portugal, Portugal to Ch Chicago. Cheapest flight Chicago, they could possibly yeah, like get. Four goes at it and it would be like, <laughs> To get to Mexico was like thirty-four hour. Cheers, mate. Day of travel. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it was always so. That was the downside of of that a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Is that freed up a little bit now? Like, do they do their own? Do like like riders do their own thing now? Or so still... I've been out of it since seventeen, but I think there's it's still a little bit like that. But I guess some of the better riders go. Do you know what, mate? I'll pay yeah. my own flight to get there direct. But then they penalise the team if they do that. Um, so like they, they take the boxes with the bikes in, but they charge them more. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a bit weird how it's they do it. It's a bit funny it. actually how that works. I never, obviously like as a spectator now of motocross, like I obviously only really watched the, the GPs. Um, yeah, you never think of like the, the intricacies yeah. of like the yeah. travel and like the, yeah. what about hotels? Could you do what you want with hotels or do you have your, would you, 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 you could, motorhome, yeah, yeah you could do what you want with hotels. But like I said, they, they would always pick like the biggest shithole to build a motocross track do you know what i yeah. mean like and a lot often in the last 10 years they were man-made tracks so they'd go to some random place where you know someone wants to make this track and then you know there's no hotels like we we raced in russia honestly it's, this is a bit of a story but it's worth telling like, definitely um, i'm all ears <laughs> we flew to russia uh, in 2012 and i knew it was bad because jackie martins who was my team manager who was a world champion and had raced all over the world in like the 80s and early 90s just decided to book a holiday in turkey that same week and weekend coincidentally so i was like straight away i was thinking okay mm, strange that's weird why he doesn't want to go to this one grand prix and um so anyway they booked a flight for myself and then glenn Koldenoff, who was my teammate at the time who's quite a bit younger than me and then my missus came and um 
Jackie was like, yeah, yeah, you, you guys fine. Get the get the hire car. It's like two hundred miles to the track, and then um, and then um, yeah, um, I was like, yeah, and then what? Where are the hotels? He's like, oh, well, we we booked this hotel, and um, yeah, it's it's just a bit up the road. Sort of like okay, <laughs> and then just like day before the travel, it's like right, that hotel's an hour and a half away from the track, and we got to be on track at nine in the morning. You know what I mean? And yeah. So we're like, okay. So anyway, we lived next door to a, um, the factory Suzuki owner's daughter, and yeah. I spoke to her and was like, "Look, is, have you got any spare rooms? Because they'd always big book some um, some more rooms." Yeah, she was like, "Yeah, we've got this one place, fifteen minutes away." Okay, sweet. So that's that in my head. So we land, we get in this hire car, which is like, as you'd imagine, an absolute nail. <laughs> and there's Glenn, who's like eighteen, I'm twenty two, Miss in there, get on the road. Okay, traffic's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got two hundred and twenty miles left. Okay. 11 hours later, um, sat now the Tom Tom at yeah. the time, yeah, 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 ran out just as, as in ran out of map. So we just basically, as far as that was concerned, we drove off the end of the earth. So literally, there's just no other yeah. road further on. So I've just pulled up, like, well, what do I do now? Like, we are in the middle of nowhere anyway. Um, van comes past with a monster energy sticker on it, <laughs> a heap of a van, but like monster energy, oh, that's got to be motocross. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So we follow him for a bit, and then he just stops randomly in this like shop or whatever, and I'm like. Oh my god! And we saw some another vehicle that looked familiar. We got there; it was dark on the Friday night. We're racing the next day. I'm like, "Did you see the track?" No, no. <laughs> I'm just like this. Like it's taken us all day to yeah. do 220 miles. Like people are like going off the road, passing, like passing cars on the ground. It was yeah, next level. And then we get there, get to the hotel room, and it's honestly I've got pictures. It's like seen off of Coronation Street. This room, <laughs> Tommy sells like. He was fighting for the world championship at the point. At that point, you know, you know, and we wrote, we grew up racing yeah. with him. He's like, mate, have you got a room? Because my hotel's like nearly two hours away. I can't do that. And I was like, mate, we've got here, but it is savage. literally probably as bad yeah. as yours. There's an <laughs> yeah. armchair and then the bed that my missus and I are sleeping in, and it's tiny. He was like, mate, can I just sleep on the floor? So this man's fighting for the world championship, yeah. and he slept on the floor of this room. There's no curtains in this room. Like, mate, mate, next level. But there's a hotel built on the track where the track is because they had a snowmobile world championship there. And yeah. all the FM, FIM and everyone like that are all in there. There's jacuzzi. It's like the No hotel. way. So all yeah. the officials are all staying there. Yeah. And, and then you boys are yeah. slumming it. Mate, proper. I that can't is even shit. explain it. That is... And then, yeah, the drive back to the hotel was absolutely something else because I had to follow a, the Kawasaki team manager. I asked if I could follow him. He hated me because I turned down a ride from them like two months before Ooh, for the next year. Kill him. So he just spent the whole way trying to lose me. Yeah. I was like nearly in tears because yeah. I was like, if I lose him, I don't know where uh, I'm yeah. going. We can't, we didn't have phones that no, were no, maps. Do you know what I mean? Just, oh. How'd you get on that weekend? I actually did good. I think I got fourth in the second race and I think I had like a ninth in the first one. It was so pretty, yeah, yeah, actually it was had like a good, sixth overall or something. I think I was, I think I actually got fourth overall. Oh, cool. Like yeah, I had yeah. a real jump up, but so, the, and the track was sick. It was wicked. Oh, but just the whole. Just, the the weekend, oh mate, it made me it made me hate the place. Yeah. And I'm sure it's a well cool place, but it was just a drama. Mate, I hate anything like that. Do you know if I don't know, I have this like mad I don't really suffer with anxiety. I'm, I'm yeah. quite lucky, but I had this mad anxiety over like when I'm going somewhere, I need to know where I'm staying. Yeah, like if I've yeah. got a hotel booked, I need to have yeah. been there before so you know. Yeah. That would literally do my I'd probably just be like, ah, it just was got bad. Yeah. Is it worse than M twenty five then, the traffic and that? Way worse. Because it was like single carriageway. So oh, single mate. carriageway roads, and then like there was uh, no no word of a lie. It was like a scene off Harry Potter. We were queuing up on the way back to the airport, and there was just this taxi going through the woods. And he's just up, 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 and then up, and over, over the mountain. Like, oh my, yeah, next level. 
Yeah, but the, I say, like, obviously your career, like you had, you had some obviously good years and bad years, didn't you? Really, yeah. like, so obviously t- we spoke earlier about 2012. Like, mate, I looked at the names that like you beat. Obviously, you finished fourth overall that year, didn't you? Yeah. And Tommy was second. Yeah. But like Febra, Tixia, Coldnoff, Ferrandis, Tonus, yeah, all them boys up behind you. Like good names, yeah. They were. I mean, they were. They were like a year or two younger than me. I'd been in the class yeah. a little bit longer, but I was a slow starter. Do you know what I mean? Like when I was 17, 18, I was struggling to qualify, um, had to pay to be on teams. Um, pretty much everyone did then, but like uh, the foreign riders had government money to be on the team. So like the Italian Federation would pay for like Lupino and all them boys to be on there. Coldenoff would get like Dutch Federation yeah. or sponsors. So we all had to kind of do that. Um, but I was a slow starter at that point. Tommy was already like, banging in top fives, top tens. I was scraping to get a point. But then, like, just crept my way up and just, just kept, kept at it. And I was just, like, yeah, proper dogged with it. Do you know what I mean? And and then stayed in Macampo in, in, in Belgium on Josh Coppin's driveway for, like, a year. Legend. Pretty much just following him around, practicing with him, trying to do it. And then and just kind of plugged away at it. And then next minute I was in the top ten just from doing that on on a privateer English team that wasn't that it wasn't amazing and had a limited budget. Um, a good, you know, a good team for what it, for what they had, and then Jackie Martin's Belgium uh, team owner saw me every week, just out there following people, trying to get quicker, and with the misses there on the pit board, just trying to do it, and then let me have a go on his bike, and I was like, oh my god, this <laughs> is hell, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, I mean, his bike was so good, and I was just like, I've what, got to be on it. And what then, brand was it? It was KTM, KTM then, yeah. so the same manufacturer I was on, but it was just like so far ahead power-wise and everything was power in those days, you know what I mean? Mm. So on a 250 anyway. So yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a bit of a journey to get there. That was um, a resilience thing we talk about, wasn't it? Like that. it's like you, yeah. you, mate, you could just go home and just be like, man, I'm not doing it. But it's, it's that resilience thing that yeah. I think is like so embedded from like when we started at six yeah. years old that you just... Yeah, I don't think people. Yeah, and people that aren't involved in. I think it seems to be a really small circle of like, like motocross, like tarmac road racing, whatever. Like it's like that resilience. It's not an option. It's like you're doing it, and I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm going to be a motorbike racer, motocross, supercross, whatever. Yeah, and and it's like made your mind up, and and yeah, exactly that. And you know, my dad didn't want me doing it, and it was like right. I'm, I'm doing yeah, it. I'm do doing it now, I mean? Dad. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he really didn't want me to do it. And listen, I'm, I, you know, I'm not afraid to say I'm from a, privi- a privileged background. You know, at that point when I was like 16, 17, I was move, I was moving away and living in a camper from a a, a big gaff, yeah, motocross track in a garden, yeah, and like everything. Do you know what I mean? A yeah. kid's dream. But I was like, my dream isn't that. It's I want to race a world championship and I want to be a world champion. Do you know what I mean? So. Loads of people around me were like, what are you doing, mate? Like, just leave me mean? to it. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. I know what I want to do. And I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted to do it. And, you know, I lived in a foyer of a garage for three years in Belgium in my best years where I was getting, being paid good money, but I wasn't, I didn't care. I was just like, I just want to race. Was your missus with you then as yeah. well? She moved, so yeah. she up and moved. She quit her job and moved. We had a dog with us and it, it was. Is that it Ted? Was a, but yeah, uh, no, it was Jeff. He's, oh, okay. he's senior. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. still about. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a shit lifestyle to be honest. It yeah. was crap. Like my missus, I don't know how she did it really, just sitting about. And she's still traveling. with you now, yeah. So she, yeah, yeah, yeah she must like you then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she must, yeah, something, I yeah, because it is mad, isn't it? Like, and people don't see that, they see like if we had like the Instagram of today, like if we had it then, it would be like, yeah, look at my lifestyle, I'm racing motocross, but mate, yeah. I'm literally slumming it, yeah, but. proper. Um, but 
you know, being paid all right at that point, but not interested in it. All yeah. I was interested in was re results and, and climbing the ladder. That was it. Do you know what I mean? And what was your old man like then? Like, did, it, did you have that conversation with the business? Like, obviously, because let's, like, if we talk, I've, I want to touch on it later anyway in yeah. the show, but um, obviously, yeah, like, you're, you're from, like, your family, like, the Nichols blood really, isn't yeah. it? It's like business. Yeah. And yeah. was that always, like, a conversation your dad was always like, mate, want, want you to be involved? Massively, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he joined the... Um, his dad at 11 years old left school mad. at 11. Mad, I read the story, so yeah, awesome. He, he was just all, all the way through every time I got hurt or whatever, just come work with me, just come work. And I was like, don't want to, like, I, I want to race. Yeah. Um, and like, I just didn't like the environment. I used to go to the yard a bit with him in school holidays, but they all smoked in the office. You know, the office would be just like a layer <laughs> so of smoke. Old school. And like in those days, we didn't know it was bad for us, yeah. but I just used to sit there <laughs> like that. And he was like, take the fucking thing off. I was like, I don't like it. Like, I don't want to smoke. And, Dad um, smoked then? Yeah, yeah, they were savage, like 40 a day, him, his sister, my granddad, like <laughs> relentless. So, and I just didn't like the environment yeah. and I like diggers. I always drove diggers, but mm. it was just, and there wasn't like heavy equipment. Like now we deal with massive machines and like proper earth moving. Then it was more like lorries, truck, like trucks, forklifts. And like, it was, you know, real like hire and sale business. And the plant hire was like a spin-off. So it's like, it was completely different. And all the way through, he was like, just come work. And I was like, no, don't want to. Um, and fair play, he he's, he stepped away when I was 14. He was like, I'm not going to race anymore. Don't, I'm not interested. I'll take you the odd time here and there, but you go with, um, yeah, uh, at the time it was just a chap called James Cottrell, his dad. Yeah, James, lived. racing yeah. James, yeah. Yeah, so it was like, you go with him, um, you know, I'll take you to six British championships a year. That's it, not anymore. And and I, I actually had a good year when he did that. Why six? Because um, that was all there was, BY, oh, okay. BYMX. Yeah, okay, so literally. I'm taking you to the BYMX and yeah. that is it. Yeah. yeah, and that was it. And then any other club race is not taking you. If you want to go, find your way there sort of thing. <laughs> and it made me because it was like, right, I'm doing this. Do you know what I mean? And um, and he, all the time he's like, look, you're not going to be, you're never going to be any good at it. Like just, you know what I mean? And and then it went on from there. And and um, and I was always kind of interested in the business. But at that point, the business was big. It got like in, they sold up in 2015. They had 5,000 telehandler jcb forklifts alone do you know what i mean it's a big do and um and i just wasn't for me to walk in that business at that point like where do you start i didn't have a skill do you know what i mean i'm not an engineer um i, I can drive machines but at that point it was all self-drive hire so there was no operated jobs you know what mm. i mean so i'm like where do i go and you sit in an office with my dad his phone's non-stop he hasn't got time to explain a conversation to you about what's just happened. Do you know what I mean? It's just manic. He's buying, he's selling, he's dealing with someone about the next job or this, that, the other. So you can't pick that up, really. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's like it's an hard. actual thing. Yeah, so uh, I just stayed stayed completely away. But then when the, the business was sold um, and he started up a um, tip as us, which is kind of um, part of what we do now, and it and there was 20 people there. So it was like a way easier process mm. to to merge into that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And just touching back on the motocross, like there's such a there's such a bridge now, like to be gapped, isn't there? But like British motocross riders going like I remember I remember turning up to a track before um and Tommy was like there's no point in me coming to this track until four o'clock, yeah, because it's nowhere near. Even at four o'clock, it's not even rough enough for me to get any motos in to, that's relevant for world championship. Yeah. Like, is why is, is it because of the tracks are so rough? Is that why you had to move to Belgium just because that was like, yeah, because you've got it. some obviously you've got Lommel, you've got some of the best tracks really in the world, haven't you? Dan? Yeah, it's a good question. So, uh, and you're 100% right. So, the tracks are so rough on the weekend, even from like halfway through the first practice, and the way they develop. Um, you know the the racing lines because the average rider in that in that group is so quick. Um, the lines that you race at a practice track are 
just irrelevant. Like they're really comfortable at a practice track. You come into it, you can cruise into a turn, a nice like nice arc where slower riders have just crept their way around, and then we get in and you're like, yeah, wicked, yeah. Rah, and yeah. just come out. You go to a world championship, you come in and the and the turn's blown out. It's through the fence over there, so you've got to like turn off of a bit of a crumb of dirt like that. It's like a foot of rock, yeah, like two foot and load of rock. load of rocks on the outside and. And it's just different. So it was, yeah, I mean, yes, riding around Mildenau or somewhere like that, it's better than, it was better than not some of the time. But honestly, some of the time you're better just going training and then, um, you know, and and then just turning up on the weekend. But it's, um, yeah, Belgium was good for that. When I was there, there was like five tracks that were graded once a week. They were open five days a week. Um, there was probably a minimum 10 Grand Prix riders there. So everyone was quick. European riders are really, really good when they practice, like exceptional. Um, and I was always shit at practicing. Ter terrible. By it, I was motivated. Just... I just couldn't do it. I ride off anger. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. a, I'm a, like an angry person when I race. So I step it up. Do you know what I mean? Probably much like you, you turn up at a race. I'm like, right, this is go. what I'm here yeah, for. Yeah, I'm everything on the line now. Practicing, I'll be like, right, I'm going to push hard as I can. I'm going to switch my brain off and whatever. Can't do it. It's different. So it helped me in a way because like holding off ever when they were my teammates, they were like a second to two seconds every time we went practicing quicker. But then I'd beat them at the weekend. So you're just like, yeah, whatever, mate. Yeah. Switch on when I want. But I didn't, I couldn't see that. No. I was 21, angry and was like, why are they quicker than me on a practice day? And I hated it. it I'd be a miserable sod every night of the week because of it. Yeah. And then as you get older, you're like, yeah, I kind of, that's just I know, how it is. Yeah. And what about, what was your persona? Was you an aggressive racer? Like, obviously, like, yeah. did, was that just your, like, right? Fairly aggressive. Yeah. I, I've, I'm also, like, a fair person, though. Like, I kind of, in life, I think the way you are in life is portrayed by your riding a bit too, isn't it? And, like, I treat people how I want to be treated. And so on the track, I would always be, you know, pretty, pretty fair. But then if I got something back, I didn't like it. It was like, you know. See ya. See ya. Yeah, do you know what I mean? smashing you over that bird, yeah, mate. Yeah. Um, and, and I was a, always a really good starter. Um, eventually, when I got on good bikes, I was really good out of the gate. So uh, often my riding was defensive because I wasn't as quick as the boys that were perhaps the top three or four trying to get through. <laughs> So I was defensive. Right around looking over your shoulder. Yeah, a little bit. But <laughs> yeah. obviously you had to still have the pace a bit. But so yeah, that um yeah, that affected, I guess, the way you the way you rode, but it obviously brought you on loads as well. Yeah, and what about America? Obviously you went over to America, didn't you? Done a little bit of riding. Yeah. Them tracks, mate. <laughs> yeah, they're they're it's a, it's a it's a different sport over there. They just look I just can't believe like when you look at like the jumps, like let's, let's take your track now, for instance, like yeah. when you look at the up ramp of your jump, it looks like an absolute nightmare, like the ruts. Yeah. And you look at the up ramp of like some of them in the UK, the, the States, the tracks in the States, and they're just like long, flat. Yeah. They just look like real nice jumps to do. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, that's the only way I can explain my sort of version of the, obviously the Supercross is another level, but yeah. the, the motocross tracks look so nice to ride. The motocross tracks are good. They're completely different though. Like, um, I went and did the AMA National in, in um, when was it, 18. And you, I didn't even get to walk the track. So, yeah. like, the, the maddest story, like, sat. So, the race was on a sun, uh, Saturday, I think it was. So, Friday, they have amateur racing from 7 o'clock in the morning until 6 at night. So, non-stop, like, literally, bang, they bang, start bang, a race bang. before the other one's finished. Yeah, they're pulling the people off. Yeah. They're starting. They're pulling people off starting. Yeah, and um, and then... So six six o'clock come, uh, comes around, diggers are all over the track. No, you're not allowed to walk it. So they have like a water truck lane, they call it, all the way around the outside because America is just huge in it. So they've yeah. got all this room to like spray the water off the side of this water <laughs> yeah. truck road. And you're only allowed to walk it on there. 
Um, and I'm talking about red bud. So it was like Larocco's leap, which was like 150 foot. Or yeah, 150 and, foot. and like a wall. <laughs> and you can't judge it. Do you know what I mean? It's so hard. It's so, full gas on a 250 or a 450 yeah, would have been different. It would, but it's no, still it was full, full gas. Full gas. <sighs> so I turn up and practice is at half past seven in the morning. So like, listen, I'm an early starter, but, but that's half at seven, half seven yeah. in the morning on a track you don't know. And guess what? You get one lap to learn it yeah they're all doing the look green green flag so so it's waved yellows first lap no one's allowed to jump a jump so i'm like riding around oh yeah this is cool it's a bit muddy and whatever else because they've watered it green flag comes out bam everyone is pinned triple 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 triple. yeah everyone like pinned and i obviously went with a flow i was like this this track's gonna deteriorate because it's pretty wet and my fastest lap of all qualifying was my first lap First full lap of that. Did you do thing. the Rocco's lead? No, I didn't do it. I was like, I can't do it. It's so <laughs> muddy. And and I was on a, um, uh, a Canadian rider's practice bike. So it was a bit of a bit of a heap. Um, I just didn't have, didn't think I had enough power. So I qualified ninth. I was sat next to Tomac on the start line for the first race. And I said to my mechanic, I was like, I've got to jump the Rocco's leap on this site in that because I haven't jumped it. I'm like, and I know I'm going to get a good start because I'm a good starter. And then I'm going to get landed. You can't, you can't roll it. You've got yeah, no choice. I've, I'm going to get landed on it if I get a good start and then roll out on the first lap. So sighting lap comes around. And obviously sighting lap, for people that don't know, is what it says. You just ride around and look at the track and cruise around. But being in Mer- in America, like Tomac and people like that, they cruise around and then they get to Larocco Sleep. There's a massive crowd. So they all Big, go over it and whip, whip yeah. it and point at the crowd. So I'm like going back over the straight looking, thinking... Oh, they're all jumping it. They must have graded See, it. Mate, I'm just my heart rate's like, <laughs> da, 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 like that. And I come around, wow, like just absolutely Done sent it. it. Over jumped it by about fucking four bikes and just landed like a sack of shit. I was like, oh my god. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I got back to my mechanic. I was like, I just did it. He was like, What? I said, I just jumped it on the side lab. He was like, What the fuck? <laughs> How hot is that the biggest jump you've had to do? Um, on a motocross track. Yeah. Like, yeah, racing. I've got I've had bigger jumps at home, but, but actually on a racetrack, right. it was yeah, it was mad. Just and who was you racing against then? Who was in that lineup there? Obviously, you just um, mentioned Tomac. Tomac, Musquin, Roxin, um like the boys. Web. All of them. Just absolutely. Yeah. The boys. All just of all of the boys. Yeah, yeah. That is just mad, isn't it? Yeah. I got ninth in the first race as well. I was buzzing. Oh. Proper buzzing. That Larocco's leap, mate. That. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is. Was... That. Oh, no. That's yeah. not. That's not a bit of me. I literally look at I it. I didn't really enjoy it. Did you not? Was you doing it every lap in the race? Yeah. I didn't do it on the last, I think, four laps of the second race because I was so hanging because it was so hot. I was just done. And um, obviously, we spoke earlier about your. Uh, you, so you announced your retirement in 18, didn't No, obviously you had a bad year since 18, didn't you? So 17, I um, I retired from Grand Prix because I dislocated my hip in Italy and I was having a bit of a shit season and 450s, without going into too much detail, to really, really take a lot of setting up because there's so much power. And I was on a team which we didn't really have much backup and I was just struggling. So anyway, I was thinking about, thinking about it a bit anyway, to be fair. And then I was like without realizing reading into business i was had business books i was fly, flying to races looking at them and kind of didn't tell anyone about it but obviously it was in my mind and then i dislocated my hip and got treated like an animal in in a um hospital in italy and i was just like i'm done i'm never doing yeah, this again literally done so I was, my mum was there but she was savagely had food poisoning that same day oh. so she came to see me two days later in the hospital and i said mum i'm done i'm i'm just gonna race british championship i want to work with dad the company's new and then it, yeah, so it transpired from there. So it was like a, it was like retirement from world championship, but not from racing. 
Yeah, because let's face it, British Championship still isn't exactly mediocre. Like the yeah. boys, yeah, the, like that is just again like the the intensity level. Obviously, you had the guys like Tommy Sell, yeah, Ryan Houghton was doing all right, weren't he? A few yeah. years ago, like there was a few few different boys, and it was it was fast, wasn't it? It's still, yeah. it's still. No, it's a good series. I mean, it's 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 been known as the best national championship um, aside from American, because obviously that's like baseball; it's its own sport, if you like. American basically they call themselves world champions in yeah. America. Yeah, it's its own <laughs> thing, isn't it? Um, but British Championship's been. British motocross has been elite. It's like BSB, you know, it has been the elite national championship where you have like your foreigners come over to do it. So um, it was a good option. I could earn all right money and obviously have a lifestyle as well and not race. Like uh, You got to think when I was doing Grand Prix, I was never on a factory team. So I always had to do a national championship. So like 2012 and 13, I did 36 races a year. Why did you have to do national championship? Just to bolster your sponsors. money as well? Or yeah, was, yeah. yeah, national. Um, so if you looked at the, the photos of me riding then, there wasn't a, an inch on the shirt without a Just sponsor. It. Mm. But it was 36 races a year. Like that was so hard on your body. Um, so coming away from that, all of a sudden I signed a deal to, to race eight British championships and six MX nationals. And that was it. And so I was like, like, hallelujah. Yeah, it was like, I, I searched for more races still, to be honest. But it was just, it allowed me to, you know, delve into work. How was that for you mentally? Like that big weight off your shoulders? Did you, was you like, yes? Like, yeah. Did, you must have been ready for it, mustn't you as well? Like, Yeah, I think I was ready for it. You know, I, I feel like I'd reached my limit with the support I had. And I didn't want to, you know, I'd gone from earning good money to then signing a 450 deal for less knowing it was a tougher tougher class um and then i was on a bike where i was like this is you know i was struggling i needed help to like build a bike that suited me um because i was on a small bike for like 13 years on a 250f i was quite aggressive always been yeah. real aggressive on the throttle and still now i'm real punchy on the throttle um i don't really like slip the clutch a lot i'm kind of like bang on yeah. it and um but that means on a 450 like a lot of these engines are they're not really designed for that. They're designed for people that have come, you know, that really, power yeah. Like that. And, and so it was tough. And, and I just realized like, unless I put, unless I ride for nothing and I could have, I could have generally gone for nothing. and rode on a pretty good team, like nearly or semi factory team, but I just didn't want to do it. I was like, I'm proud of what I've done. I've, I've worked so hard over the years. I'm not doing that. It's my you know job I mean? as well. Like, I need, yeah. You need to be paid for doing your job. I've yeah. got a big, like, big exactly. thing about this. And, and yeah, exactly right. And I could have, you know, I'm, you know, like I said before, I'm, I've been in a fortunate situation where I could have said, hey, Dad, I need some help to, to get by because I'm going to ride for free to get on this better team. And do you know what? Sometimes I sit there and think I perhaps, perhaps should have done that um, to allow, to give myself a chance to go into that class. But I just, I didn't want to do it. I was stubborn. I'm stubborn mm. now, but I was more stubborn then. Um, and yeah, maybe I don't necessarily regret it, but I'd like to have seen How what, yeah, what would have happened because I was a bit dangerous. You know, when I crashed, I was having moments and I was like, shit, I'm trying hard here. And really like I'm, I'm 18th in time practice and I am risking my life. Limit. You know what I mean? And, and so, um, and that weekend, I actually, the, the, the Saturday night, I cried to my missus and I was like, I don't understand. I'm, I was I was 18th in, in time practice and I thought I had such a good lap. I was on it, do you know what I mean? And like risk, risked it, do you know what I mean? And and was, yeah, 18th and I was like, don't get it. And Transponders broke. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and I had a bit of a meltdown and she was like, just go and enjoy it tomorrow. Yeah. And I went and enjoyed it and then I didn't even crash, put my leg in, like got caught in a rut and pop. And I'm like... Yeah, Done. I think the sign Done. the signs are there. Do you know what I mean? I need to read it and get out because it's such a fun like yeah like it's in your blood. Like if you had five yeah. years off, 
you get back yeah. on a motocross bike, it's like yeah. it's like you never had yeah. time off, is it? Yeah, and you're always good at it, aren't you? It's yeah, and you can things. always yeah, just your fitness it. isn't the same, but yeah. you can literally just hop on. Yeah. Um, who was your favourite rider like growing up? I was going to ask you that earlier, actually. Um, Ben Townley. Yeah, Ben yeah. Townley. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a good shout. Yeah. And it's mad because I ended up being really good mates with him. Now. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So he was like my absolute hero because he came over and was like 15 in GPS. I always wanted to be 15 and be in GPS. I didn't quite get there, but. Um, yeah, just always looked up to him and then I ended up doing like four pre-seasons with him in New Zealand. That's cool. At the end of my career, I was like, whoa, this is mad. <laughs> I always like Everett, so I always watched him like, yeah. guy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So I've got a little section of the podcast. I'm still waiting for a name for it. I don't know what to call it yet, but it's basically like a track review. So you can literally name any track in the world. It doesn't be, it can be motocross, it can be the tarmac. Um, and the idea of it is that anyone can do it. So right. it, the first question of the track review, I need to get a cool name for it because the name is dead. Track review. Who wants to, I mean, track review. Needs, needs some work. Um, <laughs> Favourite track? Again, anything. Motocross, tarmac, whatever you want. Isle of Wight. I uh, can't remember what the actual place is. Gore Basin. Gore Basin, it's called. It's not even there now. Um, in the Isle of Wight, they had a GP there in like 13 and 14, I think. That is the rubbish Sick thing about track. motocross. <laughs> like, yeah. They literally just tarp, like, yeah, just yeah. get away with it, but it was so good. And what, what was your most memorable moment of that track? Uh, doing the tabletop. I, I went, I never got to race. I was I was 14 when they were doing GPs there, but I got to go to a Honda test um, for the Dirt Bike Rider magazine with a friend who was the, the chief tester, if you like. And um, yeah, I jumped the back tabletop there on a 250F and it was fucking huge and I was was it? Yeah, yeah that's that's literally the next part is the favorite track the favorite part of it yeah um and i have got any tips for any track day riders going there but yeah ain't gonna be no track, one going there track just there, burn it yeah. Out. yeah no one yeah. no one going there is it it's, <laughs> it's fine done. it's all gone i think it might be a waste 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 like actually like a, a rubbish tip now which is savage and uh so now we finish with the dirty the dirty bikes the old uh the old crossers or scramblers we're going to talk about your love for uh men and men or women driving men. around in uh, in levers <laughs> Driving around, mo- mo- <laughs> driving on tarmac in, in levers. Um, yeah. So have you always been into it? Like, I've, I've, I'm obviously curious. I know you track day now, but have you always been into it? Have you always watched it? Like in your spare time? Or so I've always watched superbikes and never liked MotoGP. And no, I'm that's still that's like funny, it now. Yeah, yeah. My old man's opposite. He's like MotoGP mad, and then um, superbikes. He struggles, especially with world superbikes. But this year, to be, well, last year to be fair, I converted him after obviously the the world superbike was sick. When this year, this last yeah. year, it was unreal and. He enjoyed that, but yeah. So I've always watched it. Obviously, Foggy back in the day, that kind of that area was was mad, and um, always wanted to have a go. Never really got the opportunity. And then Kieran Clark, um, I grew up racing the British Schoolboy Championship with him 
in the, the end part of his march. Shout him out, mate. Kieran Clark, <laughs> ledge. Absolute yeah. ledge, yeah. And he, fair play, like he um, he had always kind of kept in touch and he was like, you need to come and do a Ron Haslam school. Uh, so I think I was 19 and went and did that um, and, yeah, loved it. Did you get your knee done? Day one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it did, to be fair. And it, and it started off wet, which was probably the best thing that could have ever happened because I just remember going down, it was the Silverstone, the short track at Silverstone. Mm. So down Hanger Straight, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. And, and uh just banging down the gears on a CBR 600. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what's yeah, no, yeah, like, nice what? yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, didn't get it. And he was like, mate, you've got to be like smooth. smooth. Yeah. Um, but obviously being from motocross had a kind of a feel for the power, like, and the connection between and understanding, the back wheel. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and was just hooked. So I did. I think I did end up doing two, two days on the 600 that day and another day and then jumped on the 1,000 because you got more track time. It wasn't for the bike. It was just more track time. And then, um, yeah, it was like, oh, I need to get a road license, need to get my own bike. Never did it. Then they moved to Donington and I did Donington. was like, holy shit, this is... Craner. Yeah, next level. <laughs> yeah. Like, enjoyed it. Still didn't buy a bike. And then basically COVID came and I was like, I'm doing my bike tests. Um, there was one fit it was the one thing that was missing in my life that like i've done and i love do you know what i mean yeah you i really don't it, i'm yeah. really simple with life i like diggers i like riding bikes i like mountain biking i like jet skiing it's pretty much it yeah and then road bikes was like i like that and i haven't done that much and i don't do it much so i'm like i'm gonna do my tests and get a bike so did that and then bought a little 600 off facebook markets for like three grand and yeah. then just Deal. took it straight out yeah and was just yeah, I loved it. Did you deal him off on it, did you? Did you proper? Did you get yeah. your old man to phone him? <laughs> no, no. You get Dad, get this for me cheap, mate. Come <laughs> to be, on. To be fair, I had, to do it. I had to do it through my mate because I was like, I know if this geezer know, sees my name, he's going to be like, oh, it's four grand. Yeah, away. it's definitely. You know it's I mean? gone, it's going yeah. up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, yeah, there you go. From there, really, just done it. Really love me. I was thinking six grand, actually. I was thinking six. Let's go six grand on a bike. He's like, no, no, no. Yeah, three. It's three <laughs> yeah, grand, mate. Three grand. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that was it. Yeah, he felt like man, I've, I did my first ever day on a tarmac up there as well. Ron Hudson Race Car. I was, I was, I was a fat little kid. Got there late. <laughs> Typical of my old man. Got there late. Levers not fitting. Popped the lever out. Like I was on a little <laughs> one, two, five, 65 mile an hour maximum. And like you say, like I think the, the, the part of the transition, like motocross, you're constantly trying to stay on the bike. Like when people start at road racing, we call it road racing, like the tarmac. Yeah. When they start there and they go to motocross, they can't understand that you're constantly falling off the bike, can't yeah, you? Yeah, but yeah. you're correcting yourself the way the body, like the way the bike's moving about. Yeah. And um, when I got on that tarmac, yeah, I was like, oh, everything's yeah. so in line. Like I couldn't like, yeah. it was so strange. But I, I like same as you, like if I had a clear visor on my face with the smile would yeah, have just yeah. been... It's just one of those things, isn't it? Like I, it's just the rhythm and it, like yeah. the flow. Yeah, like everything's just. It's, it's, it's to be honest, it is like a drug because it's the same every lap. You know, like motocross track, you come round one lap, boom, sweet. Next lap, gone. some dickhead's gone straight through the fence and it's all just yeah. gone. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, road racing. As long as the weather's good, same every lap, and you can just keep getting better and better and better. And it's um, yeah, it's like so good i try and i've got no mates that do it like none of my mates have got even a license or anything i'm like you don't understand what you're missing out yeah, on. come on this yeah is, this is next level like and do you know what's nice is i'm not that good and i don't care i just go and do my days you on, don't need to be good yeah you enjoy yourself and, and mate, it, yeah. i enjoy i come away and i'm like that was wicked less like, physical yeah right, in terms of like on your body like yeah. okay when you get like obviously our level we, we yeah, have intense test days then. but 
you again, you don't go home like your joints aren't hurt and you're yeah. not like you've not been up in the air and landed on the floor. Like, yeah, it's it's a nice. Yeah, it was a well, nice. I did a race. I did no, a no limits uh, endurance race the end of last year at Alton Park, and like I felt like a kid. There was like the average age was probably like fifty five. Mega 60. though, isn't it? I yeah, like, I know. it's mad. mega. And like they're all like burly Northerners, and I was like. Shit, I feel a bit out of place here. And yeah. they're all the nicest people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Proper like good crowd. Like my bike was an absolute nail. And people like oh, help like helping. And it was just a real good dude, to be honest. You know what I mean? Mm. Like properly enjoyed it. And but it's just mad how like I had people coming up to me like, Oh, what are you doing? Riding riding road bikes should be on a motocross bike. And I was like, Yeah, I just want to do something different. And I'm looking at them and think, and they're and they're like, Yeah, I can't fucking do motocross no more. But my body's fucked. I'm like, you just went past me doing 190 miles. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it is like that though. Like the paddock in general is like everyone has like you could have like a police officer or like a SAS specialist, like yeah. an office furniture. Like do you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah. everyone has the weirdest like jobs, but you all come together because of that interest, yeah. and, and everyone loves it. And I think it's such a yeah. I mean. Like the BSB paddocks, obviously, it's okay. I mean, the world paddocks a bit different. No yeah. one really talks to each other, and yeah. MotoGP is probably even a bit worse than that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the club racing stuff, mate, is mega, and everyone yeah. just wants to help and do well, and it's nice because of that. And yeah, yeah, it surprised me. It really surprised me. Like going from a club motocross, to, you know, I've done that obviously all my life, and then just doing that, um, yeah, was was well, um, you know, well pumped with the with the vibe of everyone. Do you know what I mean? It was just cool. Got you more planned races. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was going to actually say, like, you obviously did the super, the arena cross. Are you literally never doing that again? Or no, do you... I'll do it. I, I, I I'll do that it? every year now. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. been good and like no pressure again, isn't it? You go no there, rock up. You got yeah. old mates that are still racing, yeah. like Tommy and that are still doing. Yeah, they're it. all full time. Do you yeah. know what I mean, I'm I'm grafting like fifty five, sixty hours a week, and then I just go there and have a bit of fun. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm still all right at it. It's still half decent. Been been doing okay and i know if i put a bit of effort in i could do be where i want to be but at the same time i don't really want to be anywhere what have you got to achieve in that yeah yeah kind of tick that box yeah and it's fun and go go work monday yeah exactly that and it's just yeah it's just a good crack and you know there's a little bit um yeah obviously a bit of incentive to do it which is cool but also you know mate the crowds there's been like full stadiums i saw that yeah Yeah, it's 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 really good yeah it's been really good and like everyone after it, it's like that was so good, like such a buzz, and they put us in these head-to-head things, and it's literally they like, look carnage. Yeah, it is. It's like a street fight. Because greedy, Ashley, greedy. I, I grew up actually with Ashley yeah. at the suit when we used to do the arena cross, and he was aggressive then. And like, you see these videos yeah. like circulating on Facebook, greedy just absolutely yeah. smashing people. He's but, been banned, so he, not banned, <laughs> but all the riders this year, because basically this year they've gone from so obviously arena cross, motocross indoors with big jumps. It's a different sport to what I've done all my life. It's like. Um, it's like you a bit like you racing supermoto or something. It's yeah, completely yeah, yeah. Different, different, isn't it? But similar. And um there's like French and um French and Italian journeymen that are really good at it and they their job is just to do that all year. Like Bercy and doing yeah. big events. And they over get there. good money to yeah. do it. Do you know what I mean? And they'd get paid good money to come and do the British series. But since COVID they they stopped doing it and uh, fair play the promoter looked at it and went, Why don't we try and do an all British series? So because people like myself and Tommy, you know, we were, I say, I, I was, Tommy is, contracted to race outdoors. He's on a salary. He gets, you know, sensible money to race outdoors. So why is he going to want to do an indoor series against journeymen that are better than fast. him? And yeah. they're fast More at specific, it. yeah. You know, not, maybe not better than him, but equally as good um, in this small environment and risk quite a lot, big jumps, you know, potential breaking legs when people are taking no you point. out. No point. 
It, Why is he going to do? He'd it? rather start home and be training for the exactly. for the upcoming outdoor season. Yeah. So they instead they looked at it and went right. Let's give some incentive to some of these boys. Let's get some British guys in there and do an all British series. And um and it's really worked. Like I said, they've they've sold the stadiums out, but all of the guys were like. Yeah, we'll do it, but I don't think we want greedy there because we don't really want to get lynched by him. And I they literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a shame because do you know what? Ashley's really good at it. He's yeah. actually, yeah, you know, he is good at it. Um, but um, and he yeah, probably will bring a bit, a bit of a crowd because well, yeah, he definitely would. But yeah. yeah, you'd lose riders, I think, as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on to um, a little quiz, only because it's like I've got a few motocross questions in there and things okay. like that. And then we'll go back to the. Um, to, I want to obviously hear about the business and stuff like that. So, yeah. right, I've got five questions here, which I've mustered up myself. <laughs> Again, I need a name for this quiz. I don't know what it's called. It's just quiz at a minute. Um, so I'm going to just test you. It's a bit of knowledge, really. So we'll see. See, <laughs> Some of them, it's really hard because I don't want to be too easy. And then I'm like, anyway, who oh. was the 2006 MXGP champ? Um... It was Everts in 2006. Yeah. And how many world titles did he have? In the end of his career, yeah. 10. 10, yeah, easy. See that? This one's too easy now. We spoke about it. How big is the Rocco's Leap? Yeah, it's 100. Yeah, well, I can't even... You actually told me. I think it's 140 me. foot. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's what my list, that's what my notes say. Yeah. How many championships did Ricky Carmichael win? Oh, that's hard. Piss um, myself off here because I've not actually wrote the answer next to it. <laughs> Google it. Um, I... Do you know what? It's really tough because obviously they have two in a year, don't they? Yeah, because they do the indoor outdoor. Yeah. He literally comes up as the most successful racer, but I don't... I've... He must have 16 I'm, titles. Though. It's mad, isn't it? He, he did some done, he, did dub, he did double for years. We need, like to get one, this, we need to get this on here. We need to get this... We need to know what this final number is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it. Yeah. Um, who finished second in the 2012 MX Championship, MXGP Championship? MX2. MX2. In 2012. Ursel. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, you was fourth when you won yeah. it. Who won it? Um, Hurlings. Hurlings, yeah. yeah. And I beat Tixia at the last round for fourth. We were like two points yeah. in it. And he was the factory KTM rider. And I beat him at the last round, mate. I was so buzzing. Mate, when I was younger, I literally had this memory of Hurlings. Like, we was out in Spain, like, doing the Spanish, like, boot camp yeah. thing that we used to do. And I was a little fat kid eating ham and cheese baguettes. <laughs> like, just, you know what I mean? Like, just typical fuel. Like, Dad's got his old transit van there at the track. <laughs> and um, there's this Suzuki team there. And they're, like, every time the kids come in, they're air, air blowing it. They're, like, lubing the chain. They're, like, yeah. checking the spokes. And my dad's like, oh, he's, he's quick. He's, he's, like, the boy's quick, to be fair. There were two of them. Typical old man. He's like, right, next time he goes out, get your lid on. I'm going to send you out with him. See how you fare. So, all right, no worries. So I went out of him, mate. Six, seven laps, like, with him, like, having a bit of a, like, mm. a bit of a battle type thing. He must have thought, what is this kid? Like, what is this fat <laughs> English kid doing? And um, pulled off after six laps. I was like, I'm done. I was mate, blowing. He kept, he did he kept up with him six laps? Blowing. No, I was blowing. He kept going. He Honestly, like, until the point his mum had to stand on the jump, yeah, to take stop, stop. Literally, she stood on the jump. She, do you remember the graveyard track in... Um, the graveyard track near Alicante in Spain. Oh. Right, you have to go through a graveyard to get to the track oh, to I don't ride. Think I went down there. So it was there, and um, yeah, and he literally was like, she was like, stop, and they were arguing, and mate, he just kept going, and it turns out it was Jeffrey Hurlings, and that track I was actually alright at, but the other tracks he was a bit quicker. He was doing some mate. like eighty foot uphill double, mate, and an RM eighty five. He was he's savage, big though. jump, but his work rate then was nuts. But even now, and like when I was in Belgium, he'd be at every track and just do 40 minutes and have to be dragged off the bike. Honestly. Savage, isn't it? I yeah, know the proper fitness. Of no, going it's up. next level. Right, how tall was Kendi Diker? In foot? Foot or metres, you can, yeah. 
I reckon he was 192 meters, centimeters. 191. Oh, yeah, that's close. It's isn't close, it? isn't it? And then I've got a uh, bonus question: Who is the top shagging Jack Russell in the whole of Suffolk? <laughs> Ted, <laughs> he is, isn't it? That does me up, mate. Your video. He needs a count. He needs he an come account. Back last night from work. At, just like, at it. Half six, and he and he just spewed up on the floor, like just went blah, like this little thing on the floor. Like, what the hell? And then. Within about four seconds, he's just on the back of Jeff. Just what, just him. top shagger, isn't he? Just anything. Imagine just spewing up and then being like, right. <laughs> I'm going back. He's, how old is he now? He's geezer. Eight, I think He's he top, top yeah. geezer. I had to get that in there because your videos of him, mate. He's, he's got his own highlight reel on my Instagram page. <laughs> it's worth having a look at. And his little jacket, his little trick group <laughs> yeah. jacket. He's There's like, a dick written on that yeah. as well. <laughs> Does he literally go everywhere with you? Everywhere. Does he live at home with you then? Yeah. Yeah. But he just goes to work with me every day of the week and it's ridiculous now. Like, I just come in and he's just, he's just sit, there. sit there while I'm having a shower, just like that. Yeah, like, that yeah. If he can talk, I'd be in it, problems. Yeah, it, yeah, problems. it'd be more funny, actually. <laughs> be some weird combos. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just fucking looking at me, dog. <laughs> hey, get out. Yeah, yeah that... Um, and then, obviously, yeah, so now you're obviously in a, in a different... You're on a different journey, aren't you, really? Yeah. I mean... Like we said about the business, like your granddad and the family, like the Nichols blood is, is business yeah. through and through, isn't it? And yeah. so one of my questions obviously was, so you, you kind of had that conversation with dad. You, he wanted you to come into the business early on and mm. and now he's got his own way. Yeah, pretty much. So it, there was like a, there was a, I don't know what the, can't re really remember what the saying is, but like a light bulb moment whereby I was, um, he was really moaning at me about racing still. Um, I think it was like, 2000 i think it was before i um before i'd finished so basically he sold his business in 15 and was like yeah i'm gonna buy a yacht and just cruise around because he could do you know what i mean you know fair like, play. No. they'd built up he'd built up and and got paid out good for the business and then he started this business straight away like two months later my <laughs> mum was like why like, <laughs> yeah. mum was like that bit done in by him because she knew what it'd be like once he starts it's go again full like there's full gas that's yeah, it yeah exactly and so she was like you need to like what's wrong with your dad so i kind of felt like obliged to say like what are you doing mate and he, and he just like sat down and was like you don't understand this is what this is my life blah 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 and i and i went back to him and i don't know if you do this but i do this every now and again where i say stuff and i'm like i listen to myself i'm like did i just say that like yeah. that's weird and i was like i just came out of it because i was a bit revved up i was like we we're going back and forth and i was like you don't understand because he had a massive dig at me about racing when I went to him about work. He was like, you're still racing, blah, 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 like that. And I was like, you don't understand. You're like, you're wheeling and dealing, that, and that's your buzz. My buzz is racing. Um, and he went, right, well, we're sorted then, aren't we? And I was like, he's like, you've just understood exactly how my mentality is, and I've understood how your head works. And it was like, okay. God, Dad, I can see why you're so good at selling things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just kind of like got Don't it, though. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, that's his, that's his crack. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and then obviously I had this this injury and I went to him and said, like, can I can I come, you know, want to work with you? And he was like the happiest man alive, literally wanted me to be sat next to him. And I was like, no, I need to, I can't sit in this office and work with you because, like I said, you sit in there and he's like literally on the phone doing this, doing that. And I'm like, I don't even know what he's talking about. So I ended up uh, basically at, at that point we were a recycling firm. So we had tippers and a big recycling uh, wash plant. So you put muck off a building site in there. It washes them. You get stone, you get sand out of it, and then you get like a waste product, which is clay. And it was like a three million pound investment. And that was like the baby of the business that we had. So I just said, look, I'm going for six months. I'm learning about that. So 
Um, he never, obviously never asked me to come to the business, never said like timings or whatever, but I basically went to the guys down there and were like, what do you, what, what are the hours? I want to like, just follow you around. There was a guy who looked after it solely and, um, yeah, did seven till six with them pretty much straight off the bat, which was horrendous to be honest with you. Hard to get into. Yeah, it was so hard. And, um, and my hip was still bad. So I like struggled, was struggling to walk around a bit. So I ended up jumping in the machine because the mach there's an excavator that has to load it basically. So I did that for a long time. Um, and once I got over like the hours, um, I was okay. Cause it was quite, quite mundane, just loading the yeah. machine and put my earphones in or whatever. But after six months, dad was like, you need to come in the office now. I don't want you driving machines all your life. So I came in the office and that's where the hard things, hard part started because I felt really worthless. Because you haven't got a corporate background, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and I didn't have, a, I don't have a skill. Like I'm not a salesperson. You know, you're not admin. You're not. Yeah. You've not had that. Like, yeah, exactly. I get that. I yeah. If I answer the phone, I don't really know what to say. Yeah. To take a Something hard inquiry. Do you, yeah. do you know what <laughs> I mean? It was like it was difficult. And you know, with racing, you you know, I've been a person that runs on confidence. If I know what I'm doing, I'll talk. Or if I know what I'm talking about, I'll talk about it. If I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm out. You kind of like lean a bit of yeah, yeah. I'm not blagging it. Do you know what I mean? So it was tough. Um, really, really had like six months where I was like all over the place because I couldn't I say six months it was probably like four or five months because I started riding a bit once my hip got better at the weekends and kind of cleared the head a bit yeah but for us for a point I was like I don't know where I'm going with this because I don't know whether I need to be um you know I tried to learn about how they run the transport of the lorries I tried to learn about uh the hire of the excavators and was kind of just in limbo and then dad was like I'll come meet this guy who he's bought trucks off for years. And I'm like, all right. And in these conversations, not knowing what people are talking about. So yeah, I was in a muddle and then I eventually kind of just put myself, um, in charge of, um, uh, digger drivers because basically we had a non-compete agreement where we couldn't hire out machines on self-drive basis because that's what the business that we'd sold. Yeah. So we were hiring machines out with drivers and I'm talking like 10 at the time. And I kind of slowly took over that and sat on the higher desk for when people called and kind of built up. And um, and then in 2018, we could officially like do hire again, like we were. What numbers you got now? You said 10 now, what have you got? Um, so it's like 150 drivers yeah. most of the time. <laughs> so that's just digger drivers. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, mad. That's yeah, quite yeah. a few. So, but that, um, I ended up sitting on the higher desk and and because, you know, they're, I treat them as my machines, you know, you know, they're the businesses, but it's obviously, it's ours. I like, I've, I've got, you know, and I'm involved with all the buying of the machines. I've got a good understanding. So I learned really quickly about what's what, do you know what I mean? And, um, and obviously was, I was in the deep end with it, but equally I, you know, built up this operated plant thing to, by the time I handed it over to someone that was 80 people and that was under my phone, you know, just under me. Yeah, so mega. it was sort of like, um, I grew with the business. Do you know what I mean? It was like 25, 20 people when I started There's 310 people there now. But I kind of have gone with it. So yes, that was a that was a process, you know what I mean? Whereas if I was to march in now, finish racing, march in, mate, I don't know how I'd do it. And and um without like riding at the weekends a bit and still having a bit interested and, and obviously I was still professional, you know, like I had six months of injury when I started working, but then eighteen I was back racing every weekend for the British Championship. So it it helped me because I think if I was just work, I'd have been 
mullered. And let's, oh, I've got a couple of questions to ask you on that anyway, but like the skills that like I was saying to you earlier, like the skills you learn in motocross, like coming through as a professional athlete, like communicating to sponsors, talking to people, like providing them a service, like the pressure, the resilience, mm -hmm. like the stress, like the yeah. stress that motorbike, or not even motorbike, like the stress that athletes go through, like hey, life, life and death. That's what it's I mad. Say to it is, isn't it? Like um, it's unbelievable yeah. the stress you go through, isn't it? Yeah, and it is. And do you think that changed when you had it? When you had your baby? Like, what, how old's your kid now? Uh, she's free. I'll she's be free, honest. Yeah. I, that didn't do anything to me, yeah. and I feel bad saying that. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of people around me. They were like, oh, "You wait till every kid. You'll probably finish racing," and. I can hand on heart say, and I think it's because deep down I'm a really selfish person. Mm. Um, it didn't affect me. Yeah, don't change um, your mind. You love your kid, but you say yeah. it didn't change the way that you chat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I get on yeah. the start line. And yeah. It's like, boom, I'm yeah. done. You're doing I'm your out. job. Yeah. I'm there. Do you know what I mean? So good and bad about that, I guess. But, mm. um, but you know, you have to be extremely selfish to be a racer. I'm sorry. You, you know, that's you, the, you are. The, the best racers are the most selfish people. And, and the ones that can slow things down in their head enough. Do you know what I mean? Johnny Ray said it before. I'm sure it was Johnny. He said you have to be like that. You have to have that bit of bastard yeah, about you, like you to, to be successful. 100%. But also, my dad's savagely selfish as well because you have to be in the business. Business. Do you know what I mean? It's even worse in the corporate world. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's a mix there of 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 that, um, which yeah, is, I guess it's like I say it's good and bad. And and but the yeah the trans the transfer to work is. Um, you have to be so dedicated to be a, to be a motorbike racer. Um, you have to help yourself, and I think that's something that's an amazing attribute for for racers is that you can help yourself. You know, yeah, I will find myself a job in this place. I will find, know, and yeah. I will navigate from A yeah. to B like your exactly. dad's done with with the business. Like you kind of have that in a different way. Yeah. You still have that ability Definitely. to to and, find and out you why. Get, you can be asked. You can be asked because mm. you had to be asked because. It was only you that was going to fail on Sunday afternoon if you hadn't been asked in the week. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You've got to get off your ass and do it. Um, so turning up for work every day isn't is easy compared to what we did, compared to what I did. Do you know what I mean? I think it's easy. The hardest thing is dealing with people. Oh, um, God, that yeah. is that is something that has still to this day, and I think don't think it will ever stop, but um, amazes me because to be a racer, I think you're fairly simple, like in, as in not simple as in you're thick, but you have basic guidelines to your life and what you're, where you're going and what your where your mind's and at. And who you need to talk to. And like, yeah, exactly. you deal with similar people, like the fans, when you talk to the yeah. fans, you give them your time, it's mega, it's fine, but you, yeah. can, you don't have very deep conversation with no. fans, you kind of simply... You've got a direction. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, right, cheers, thank you, on to yeah. the next year, yeah. Having this weird agenda, it doesn't work because you're just going one way. Yeah. Go, and all of a sudden you're dealing with people and you're like, where are you, go where are you coming from? <laughs> I don't understand, like... We're just here to do a job, aren't we? Like you, you are, you're not taking this headache home with you. you. Go home at five and it's put done. the TV on. Like we're the ones that are going home with a headache and yeah, yeah, worried about paying their wages yeah, or paying exactly. people's wages or paying stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. that. So that's that's something that still to this day is and and was particularly hard coming from a racing background where you dealt with a mechanic that would do anything for you, a team manager that most of the time would be the same, and that was it. No one else. Didn't have to deal with anyone else. You That's know, it, yeah. Trainer. I never really had a trainer. I had someone that sent me a program and watched, and watched my things on the on the internet with, with my watch, but that was it. Nothing. So then you're in the deep end with with people and it's like, wow. The corporate world. Yeah. And how was you how was it for you like the pressure? Like your dad's run obviously now like this at this point a couple of like successful businesses, multiple successful businesses, say. Yeah. How did you feel with the did you feel like, oh shit, like I've got pressure like to to perform like Yeah. Did your dad was you did you he might not pressure you, but well, did you just feel that sort of pressure yourself? Like I need to do a good job here. Like he has um, done a good job and I've I've managed to 
swerve the pressure thing, I think, because um, I just feel like I'm doing my own thing a little bit. And you, you started I mean? in the deep end and you literally put yourself, like you yeah. said, in the X square and you just started yeah, like at and the he, bottom. And he, I, I can hand on heart say, no one has ever told me to go to work or told me what time to be there and what time to go home. <laughs> I just wanted to do it. Because so, you need to, didn't you? For yeah. that level of respect for yeah, the staff. And, exactly yeah. that. And so from that side, I don't really feel, I've, I feel pressure being a third generation. Um, everyone always says in business, third generations fail. Um, and obviously the business is a, is a, is a big concern now. It's a big headache. Do you know what I mean? There's, you know, we've got, you know, near 2000 bits of kit. Out said 300 and, staff. Yeah. 300 staff. And, and, um, and it's not particularly getting any smaller and a lot from that side, there's a lot of pressure, but I don't really feel pressure. Um, he's, he's still there. Do you know what I mean? I think, um, I'll only become my own man the day he's not there. Do you know what I mean? And I think he did the same, you know, he was, he was well in deep with the business from the age of 11. And then his dad died when he was uh, 36. I think when my dad was 36, his dad passed away in the yard. Um, so Because your granddad was a grafter as well, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, literally he died in the yard. And so like um, that was when my dad stepped up. Do you know what I mean? Because he had to. Yeah. And he was good at work then. He was nonstop, like flat out. But he then stepped up and... I don't want that to happen. You know, I'm not chasing that to happen, of course, because I want, you know, I learn from him every day of the week. Um, but I think that's when the tide changes. Do you know what I mean? Um, because he's, my dad's a character that's not going to retire. You know, he's 60 He's going to sit in the office, isn't he? He's yeah. going to sit in the office. He's going to be yeah. in the office, mate. Yeah. Exactly. He could be eight years old if he sat in the office yeah, and he's phoned on. <laughs> but he is pushing bits yeah. over to me slowly but surely. And I think he does it without realizing and I do it as well. So, it's not a bad combo. Um, it works all right. But yeah, sometimes I, you know, third generation thing, it does a bit of pressure there. What's the goal with the business? Do you speak with that with your dad or is it more of like a just keep going kind of yeah, thing? Or? It's a very reactive business in day, in day to day as well as the plan in the grand scheme of things. But it's just to be good at what we do, provide a good service um, and earn money. Because your family business, isn't it? That's yeah. literally like a big, big family business, isn't it? Yeah. It's mega, isn't it? Yeah. There's not much middle management there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We're there every day. We're in the office where pretty much everyone is who's office based. So, um, and it will, you know, of course, as it gets bigger, we'll have to have layers a little bit. Um, uh, and we're building a new building. So all of a sudden people are going to be split up. Heard about that. So, yeah. So, office furniture. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that, that's going to be hard because we're going to have to obviously, you know, people see us and the way we are and the way my dad is and they work like us. That's how businesses work, right? You lead for it by example. You have to. Like yeah. the respect, like your dad likes the yard clean, yeah. the yard's immaculate. Exactly. Like, Comes in every day, says hello to everyone, like yeah. buzzy, even though he's feeling like shit, he's still buzzing. Do you know what I mean? And and we've our task is going to be when we've got two buildings or three offices or whatever, we're going to have to keep that going. Uh, we can't rely on other people just to keep that you know we're going to have to be present in different places yeah. you know so that's going to be part of the challenge but um yeah it's all good fun really and that's it then so you're going to be uh obviously hands-on in the business and you're 50 60 hours a week you said you're just doing yeah oh. seven till six yeah yeah so good. um yeah and then weekends we're in there often dad selling bits and pieces dad's really still like hardcore wheeler dealer he lo loves it though just yeah. enjoys it he's good at that it's something i don't I don't like about myself is I'm not as good or not involved as at selling things as he is, but perhaps that'll happen one day, but every Saturday is always something going on. So it's mega though. It's like a natural thing as well, a bit yeah. of selling, isn't it? Like, yeah. like we did dealing. Yeah. 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 And he's just, yeah, he's, he's good at it. You know, that's what, that was what started everything. Is it's your mum hoping he's going to slow down so he can go on more holidays? Or no, is... she's realized, <laughs> she realized when I did that it, it won't happen. And he's an ass when he's at home. 
So just, she gets a few holidays a year anyway with him, and that's that's yeah. Like, yeah. So he's never been able to go on holiday because he's scared of flying. Um, my dad's my dad genuinely the same. Yeah, drives everywhere. Drives yeah. to Spain next week or in two Mad. weeks. Yeah. So now he's realised. I said, look, pay for first class and go on one of these massive aeroplanes, and you won't know if you're taken off or landed. And um, that mixed with shitloads of Valium, and he's um, I was gonna say, he and does some, it twice a year some now. Whiskey or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so mum's getting a bit of a holiday, but I think she just avoids it when she they're knows, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, go, go off and do your own thing. Yeah, he's he's just aggro because he's just yeah. That's a, but it's it's a, it's, a, it's I think it's a generational thing, like because like if you look at like the generation, like our parents' generation, they had to graft. Like yeah. there wasn't YouTube, there wasn't mm. this and that, there wasn't like podcasting or do you know what I mean? There mm. wasn't these different things. Then it was like yeah. we've got if we're going to be successful, I've got to build a business, and to build a business, I've got to put in yeah hundred hours a day. Exactly. Like that's no. how it is, and I guess. We were talking earlier, like about Bill Gates. Like I said to you, Bill Gates was like, "Oh, I work twenty four hours a day. Like I love it. It's my life. Like yeah. if that, yeah. if that's your dad's life and what yeah. he does, it's mega, isn't it? Like and, yeah. that's the biggest task we've got now. Actually, is with businesses, you know, um, in that generation. And I feel like I'm at the end of that generation of people that would that find themselves a job. So what I mean, what I mean by that is like we've we'll interview people for to sit on the hire desk or to do this or that or whatever. Um, and perhaps before, well, I've seen it happen. You know, you you, you interview them, you think sweet, and then you throw them in there. Don't get many training or nothing, and they just find their way. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Now it's changed. Like you can't do that now. You have to, you know, really show people what you want doing, how it's done, and how the process is. How we want that to be done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's the difference. And like going back to what you say, you know, they they had no choice. It was like in... There's a desk, yes. there's a pen, there's yeah. a computer, there's a phone, whatever, crack on me. Yeah, literally, yeah. Sit, you know, sink or or um, swim, do you know what I mean? Whereas now it's, you know, it's a different world. So, um, yeah, it's mad, really. And what's your schedule like now? Do you still train much? Like, obviously, you're not at the minute because you're a bit beaten up. But... Yeah, a bit second out at the minute. But, um, but generally, like, so it's 10K to work from my house. So I'll do that, like, once a week running. I'm not a very good runner because broke legs and hips and stuff so i'm busted a bit, up yeah there. but um i do that a bit um i'll always ride once or twice a week um a little bit of gym but i hate gym to be honest always hated do you gym. not like yeah not like hated yeah. gym always but i think it's because i've always done it on my own yeah that's and probably it's crap a, yeah. on your own isn't it um used to do yoga twice a week i need to get back to that to do it once a week on a wednesday night because keep your joint yeah aches keep and your, pains yeah. um but yeah, otherwise just work. But I'm going to do like quite a few events this year. I've gonna decided to just motocross do... and tarmac. Yeah, definitely. So don't know what I'm going to do tarmac wise, but I want to do more. We've got to get you um, on that pit bike. I keep saying it. We're going to yeah, get you on that pit bike this summer. You'll probably lose help it, me. You probably go pit bike racing. Genuinely, yeah. it's so much fun. My biggest problem on road bikes, I just don't trust them, mate. I do not <laughs> trust those things. I don't know how you boys do it. I cannot trust front end like you guys do. Got to, mate. Just got a full sender. I know, but, but it's like anything. Once you once you've done it a while and you have that feeling, or you've crashed, or yeah. you go, oh, I know what that feeling is now, and you kind of I've still not crashed. Yeah, have you not? It's <laughs> trial and error. That's why you don't trust it. <laughs> Just go down into that, that turn four hairpin, mate, or turn oh. uh, turn two hairpin at Snetterton. Just grab a handful of front bay, lay her over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, take some spare fairings with you, and you go right. That's the limit. I am not pushing. Oh, yeah, Have you got standard suspension me. on it still? No, so I bought a Triumph now. Yeah, uh, seven six five. Oh, yeah, nice, nice. And then I had the yeah. suspension done by K Tech. It's all brand new. So I'm, you're not reading it yet, no, mate. That would be a game changer. Trust yeah. me, because you say to people on track days like when you get 
they'll go around and they'll circulate mm. and they'll be quite quick and yeah. you go right now I can see the bike needs a bit of work doing to it like suspension no 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 no, no don't leave it so like, mate trust me just look try this try that yeah. I yeah. wouldn't do it personally I would phone up KTEC because yeah, 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 yeah. I'm useless no, but yeah and they go right right do this do that and honestly without knowing you go quicker just through really? feeling yeah just like like motocross yeah I got Tommy Tommy was at a practice bike Moto 101 Tommy was like Go on, have a go on my bike. His practice bike. Mate, yeah. I got on it. It's a 450 KXF. And yeah. the thing was so stiff. And I was really? like, mate, how are you? He's oh. like, we need it stiff for the, for the obviously, yeah. how hard you boys ride them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got off my little sofa. Like, I had a 450 KX at the time. And I was like, oh, this is really nice and soft. <laughs> and But you are the same. You just, yeah. the bikes are so stiff, aren't they? Yeah, they are stiff. But now I'm buzzing about that. I'm hoping that it will help me trust it a bit. Because I just, yeah. I've got, I've got a feel, but I need to get that trust. And I just, I'm not like one of those people that can just go, ah, fuck it, Let's see what happens. And just yeah, you'd be in. all right. Once you have your first know. crash, you'd be like, that actually didn't even hurt. Yeah. Hurts more skiing. I can tell <laughs> you that now. Yeah, how's your... Uh... <laughs> yeah, and I three stitches, mate. I got called the three stitch bitch by my mates while I was out there. <laughs> it's true. I got stitched up for me. It was sore. I didn't want to get infected. What's your plan anyway this year? Plan is just BSB champ, mate. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah, I mean, good end to the season. Really, good end to the it? season. Really motivated. Yeah, like um, the team, the bike, everything just come together from the middle of the season. Really, we sort of really made some big, big improvements. And yeah. I think realistically now we can we can fight for the championship next year and. That's the kind of the, I think after having a really strong end of the year, yeah. that motivation sits really high because yeah, yeah. you obviously you're only as good as your last race. So mm. yeah, so highly motivated, mate. Teams teams all coming together around me. Obviously this kind of time of year now, it's like in the season, mm. not eating a lot. Like for me, I'm trying to just get back down yeah. to race weight. Because um, you had a tough start last year. Oh, uh, mate, it was tough. I got a bit ill last year. Yeah. Weirdly, I got ill and I didn't really know. I was kind of, I wear a Garmin all the time and I was kind of getting a bit, my heart rate was higher than normal and I was yeah. like training and, and I weren't really recovering very well. I was sleeping all right. Just, and I just didn't feel, and I was out on the push bike once and I could only sit behind my mates, couldn't lead. It was really oh, right. weird. And I was like, mate, something's not right here. Kept going racing and did two rounds, did, um, did Alton Park and at Alton Park on the, I went, I was ill for a test day there. And then we went to the race and Matt was in a pickle. And I like the, I had to call my nutritionist up at the time, Brad, and say, mate, I need I need you to help me get through this weekend. Like I need some right. higher sugar substances yeah, yeah. to just get me through. Matt, I was literally up before race one. I went and had a burger and chips from the restaurant because I just had yes. nothing in me. So I remember like seven laps into the race and I just was like, Ugh, gone. Really? Yeah, and I've never had fatigue like it. And it was because I had... Um, I just basically had something wrong with my, not my blood, but the, yeah, yeah. the iron levels in my uh, blood. Okay, I've had that. Yeah, mate, I was so uh, bad and literally got over that. And so at the minute, yeah, I'm training hard and just eating. I'm yeah. eating clean because I think I'm not drinking just because yeah. I had like yeah, a, yeah. a beer when I was skiing. Just <laughs> trying to stay, do everything I can, you know, possibly You've got do. to keep away from that though, because once your iron's down, it takes ages to get that back horrible, right. It's horrible, honestly. Like I've, I've, I was really bad, yeah. And thankfully, probably like, did what well, did it did without a doubt hinder my yeah. my championship and if you want to win this championship or any championship you can't be tenth eleventh no, no, no. worst place like fifth sixth seventh so and is your bike much different no no I mean there's BMW have made some some quite big changes but I'm yet to find out Try exactly out. what what when is going to be different we start testing in March so Wicked. yeah a little while now just literally yeah in the gym and just yeah I can't wait to ride a bike I've not oh. ridden anything not motocross not pit bike nothing since October. Holy. So once I'm back, once I'm all fixed, I'm going to start getting back out. Yeah, yeah. It's too cold to ride. Like you said, the track's frozen. Like it's all frozen up and... You need to get on it though. 
Man, I'm going to get on it. I'm going to probably get over Mildenall. See me yeah. old mate Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> go over there. Throw the myself. In yeah. Perfect condition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Cliff. Cliff, it's not in good nickname right now. No, no, no. It's, it's all right. It's a foot deep in shit. Cliff. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. No, just scrape it off. It'll be all right. So, but we'll yeah, mate. mine then. Yeah. Oh Once no. Once you're yeah. in tune, though, you we're going to get. Tuned. We're going to have to get these boys up there with a YouTube. We're yeah. going to have to get you up there with a camera and yeah. watch me absolutely flop over one of them jumps. <laughs> No, I wouldn't have to put your big boy pants on. No, I'll be alright. I'll full send it, mate. <laughs> but do you know what? Like we we're saying, like the, the the physical side of motocross for road racing or like for tarmac, like just going out and riding. Like I try and do thirty minute motors on the motocross it's bike. It's got to be so good for it's you. So hard, and you get on the road bike and yeah. you feel mint. It's, it's like, got to be so good for you. Like I, I was in pretty good shape when I did that three hour race, and like I said, I'm um, or four hour, whatever it was. I'm going slow, so I'm using half the energy that you guys would. I know that, but. I found it so easy to yeah. do. Like for, we were doing forty minutes since, yeah, and I've yeah found it fairly easy. Do you Much know I mean? easier than being beating the shit out yeah. by a motocross bike. But I know if I was going forty minutes at your speed, it would be a different thing. I get oh that. mate, that is hard. That. Yeah, we yeah. do. I think our race is like twenty. I think roughly twenty eight minutes. Yeah, like so they're kind of wherever you are. It's obviously twenty eight minutes. Um, yeah. and mate, it's hard. Like yeah. Cavill Park last year, like trying to keep the intensity up. It was like mate, they're big bikes around that place. Man, you're. F and you're and you're trying to do lap times within like a couple of attempts of each other consistently, and it's like I just kept thinking like one more lap, one yeah. more lap, <laughs> one more lap, and then by the end of it, I was like, oh, one more lap, yeah. come on, just one more lap. <laughs> I had a massive my my only huge moment on a road bike there, Cadwell. over the mountain. No, um, so off you the jump start, in the mountain? Not really. No, you will. So you just will. like yeah, time, time, mate. Yeah, <laughs> give yourself time. But you know the off the start, the left, yeah. then that long right. Oh, What's Charlie's two. Oh, yeah. like came over the brow and. Then, and I was like trying to get near the inside because it's like a shitty little curve there yeah. on the inside and it, and it just went like oh, that, and just sat me up. I was like, oh, that was what it's like. Wait till you get the old Trumpy like... mate out there. Because <laughs> the thing with the Triumph is it's got so much torque that you you have to sit up a little bit more. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. But you'll really? learn it. You'll Mate, it's feeling. So it's the 765 triple made into like a, with a fairing and that on it. Yeah, so I it looks so. like the, looks like the mo motor. So it's got the motor 2 one. engine in there. Yeah. yeah, mate. Oh, you'll love that. Yeah, yeah. that's proper. Should be. Proper. It's been built proper. Yeah. So. Hopefully it'll be you good. You Alpine Star levers? I've got some. Yeah, yeah factory. I've got some. Yeah. Shout out about Alpine some, Star. I'm back with them this year. Yeah. I had some well old ones before I got, I bought them in 19, so they were so small. Yeah. I could barely get a back protector in and I was like that. Crashing them, they'll literally just rip up the seam. Were they? You'd just be in your pants. Yeah, probably, down the track. But they're gone. So <laughs> yeah. airbag suit now. I haven't used it yet. Hopefully good. it fits. No, you'd be good, mate. Right. We'll get out. We'll do a track day. I'd like to. Yeah, we'll do you it. boys don't get out though. Nah, I've got I've got a practice bike coming, so we'll get yeah, out now. Yeah, I've got a, I've got um. So my team have made me like a practice bike, and oh, it's mad. We were talking about the other day, like to have a practice bike, like a standard, let's say BMW is like thirty six thousand pound, then they turn them into like a a real good super stock bike because of our rules, we're not allowed to ride super bikes. So, oh, okay. mate, it's, you think to yourself, it's like a forty two grand bike, and the team are giving that to ride. It's mad, isn't it? And you don't realise how lucky you are, obviously. Um, but it's a bigger picture for the team to give you that bike. It benefits all of us because obviously it helps with the results. Well, so. And it looks good when you turn up. Yeah, proper. Imagine if I turn up on an old nail. Right. Yeah, it's a huge impact. You yeah. guys turn up and then they see you go around 20 seconds a lap quicker than everyone else. And they're like, yeah, it's a standard bike. I can buy, buy that, that bike. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, buy it. Buy yeah. it 100%. Yeah. Which is what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, we'll get out. I'll, I'm always going to do a few track days, so... Wicked. But that's it, mate. Yes, uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on the no, podcast. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Um, obviously, yeah. Everyone's just got to subscribe and all that kind of thing that you do yeah. with uh, all these like all these channels. And like and subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> like and subscribe. Yeah. Um, but no, mate. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. And um, yeah, we'll we'll have to have another chat. 
Definitely. In the in, end of the year, see how yeah. you're getting on. See what else has been going on. See how stressed you are. Been doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pushing Limit Podcast. Be sure to keep an eye on our socials for next week's guest. Goodbye. Boom, boom. Danny back. What a ride this is, and it is on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.